You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. We're in the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter number 78, Psalm 78, and uh, we'll begin reading in verse number 35, Psalm 78. And verse number 35, and I was talking with Brother Nathan before the service, and uh, he said, Brother Dan, you know, you work with the sheriff's department, with the police department. He said, how long do you think this social distancing is supposed to last? And I said, bro, I'm not sure, maybe a couple days, maybe a couple more weeks. And he said, he was scratching his head, I could tell he was upset. And I said, why are you asking, Brother Nathan? He said, because my wife and kids keep trying to get back in my house. And so pray for Michael and Emma and Miss Grace. They need, they need a place to stay, man. Amen. Psalm 78 and verse number 35. The Bible says, And they remembered that God was their rock, and the high God their redeemer. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth, and they lied unto him with their tongues, for their heart was not right with him. Neither were they steadfast in his covenant, but he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath, for he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. Verse number 40, how oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Amen. Thank you for that. And uh, we have been trying to figure out some different things that we can do uh, to be a blessing to our members. And of course, Brother Nathan's doing the teens, and we're going to have some of our ladies uh, speaking for our ladies. But we could do, maybe if you would comment your thoughts right now, we could do uh, an hour or half hour or 15 minutes of uh, comedy with Brother Dan. And uh, we would be very curious to hear your thoughts about that. I almost felt like we need to go back and start the service over. You know, we kind of had the spirit set and had the special. And then uh, Brother Dan, I thought he was going to tell us something serious about some, you know, deep theological question that Brother Nathan had. <laughs> Oh, my. You know what, though? It's good to laugh, and a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I laugh a lot, and I'm so thankful for uh, the, the times that God gives us. We can be together with our church family, uh, with our own families, and you ought to get on the phone this week and just start calling some church members, and you say, oh, but I've got so many problems. Probably not. Once you start making calls, uh, you'll realize that you've got it a lot better than others. I was talking this morning, Brother George, uh, of course, they were singing, and we were talking about uh, Brother George's mother, who is at the uh, rest home, and of course, they're at the, the rest homes. They can't have visitors coming in right now. You know, most of those folks, they don't have computers and smartphones, and they don't have the opportunities, and that have to be lonely, and uh, you know, we've got it pretty good. God's been good to us. Let's encourage one another, and uh, let's not be negative and depressed and discouraged and all that. And Well, you don't know how bad I've got it. No, you're probably right, I don't. But I know we all have it better than we deserve. And I know that God has been so, so good. And I am thankful for the goodness of God. Psalm 78, I'm going to do my best to preach the message. I preached the message at 4 o'clock, but honestly, 
it was a very unique situation. We had a little stand I was on. I had some of my notes taped to the stand, and I had some uh, paper clipped in my Bible. I didn't want them to blow away with the wind, and uh, it was kind of strange. It was the first time I've ever preached to cars, and you'd think you could see in all the windshields, but you really can't see in the windshields that well, and uh, we had some people honking. Uh, let's save that towards the end of the service next week, but it was good test run. We had people holding signs out the windows. We had one uh, brother Bobby Turner, he kept rolling his window down, and as loud as you can imagine, and he's loud, amen, it was awesome. Uh, we have people flashing lights and saying amen that way, it was great, but I was kind of, I felt like I wasn't maybe as uh, focused on the message, I, I know it was in my heart, but, so if you listened at four, you might hear a different message now at six, but I'm going to do my best to preach the same message, and I hope it'll be a blessing to you. Psalm 78, we started two weeks ago, and we saw in Psalm 78 how that uh, the, the desire was for God's people to pass on to the next generation, that the generation to come, we will not hide them from our children, but we'll show them the goodness of God and the great things that God has done. And of course, in verse number nine and verse 10, the Bible says the children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, they turn back in the day of battle. It says in Psalm 78 and verse number uh, 11, they forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers. And he divided the sea and caused them to pass through. And all the things God did, but God's people, they so quickly forgot the goodness of God. You know, one of the things that alarms me is that I, first of all, I believe God's going to bring us through this whole virus. I, I believe that beyond a shadow of a doubt. But you know what concerns me is that there will be some who so quickly will forget to give God thanks. And there will be some who will so quickly forget what God brought us through. And friend, I want to tell you, don't ever forget what God's done in your life. Don't ever forget the blessings. Don't ever forget all the answered prayers and all the needs that God has supplied. God has been so good. The children of Israel experienced the blessing, but they very quickly, they forgot. I want to preach to you for a few minutes tonight from this passage in Psalm 78. Lord, help us. I need your strength. I need your power. It's been a wonderful day, but it's been a very unique day. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the faithfulness of your people to tune in. Uh, on the live stream. I thank you for those listening by way of radio. I thank you for those that were able to come this afternoon for our trial run of the drive-in church. And I pray you'd bless us in the days ahead. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen next Sunday. But Lord, I sure want to be faithful to you. And I want to keep on serving you each and every day. And I pray that you'd help us, bless our church. Thank you for your goodness to us, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to draw your attention to Psalm 78, and would you notice with me three questions that are found in verse 19 and verse 20. It says in verse 19, Yea, they spake against God. How sad that is that people would speak against the very God that created them and the very God that gives them breath and the very God that gives them life, but yet they spake against God and they said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? The Bible says that here they are, they've come out of Egypt, They've seen the Red Sea parted. They've seen the plagues in Egypt. They've seen the, the Passover and the death of the firstborn, except for those that had the blood applied over their doorpost. They've seen God do all of that, and they get in the wilderness, and they say, can God really supply our needs? Can God really take care of us? Can God really give us bread 
in the wilderness? That's the first question. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Verse 20, behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. God gave them water. But then they asked in verse 20, can he give us bread also? Can he uh, provide flesh for his people? We see that they were asking questions that really were very silly questions. They were saying, can God really meet our needs? Can God really supply the food that we need? Can God really give us water? Can God really give us bread? Can God really give us meat to eat? And the answer to all those questions is yes, yes, and yes, God can. The problem is not in God's ability, God can. God is able. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He said, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. The problem is not on God's end. The problem is not with God's ability. The problem is on our end. The problem is that we don't believe God. The problem is that we doubt him. The problem is that we forget so quickly what God has done in the past. We know the answer to these questions. God can. God is able. He's done it before. He can do it again. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. But the question is, will he? I know that God can, but I'm not sure that God will. You say, well, how come we don't know if God will? Because he's God. He can do whatever he wants to do. He's the one that's in charge. I got news for you. Washington does not have all the authority. Congress does not have all the authority. Uh, Raleigh does not have all the authority. But God in heaven, he can do whatever he wants to do. He's God. So will he do these things? I don't know, but I know he can. And I rest in the fact and I trust in the fact that he is God and he is sovereign and he can do whatever he wants to do. Then here's the next question. Should he? Can he? Yes. Will he? I don't know. He can. If he wants to, he's God. But then should he? Should God supply our needs? Should God give us uh, so much beyond all the things he's already done? I think the answer in my life is no. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve God's blessings. I don't deserve God's favor. I'm a sinner. And by the way, so are you. And none of us deserve the goodness and none of us deserve the blessings but I'm so glad that God is merciful to us. I'm so glad that God is long-suffering and he is full of compassion. I don't know what God will do, but I know he can do. And I know that God is a God of great mercy to his people. So here's the questions I want to present to you this evening. I know that God can. And I know that God wants to, and I know that God wants to bless us, and I know that God wants to supply our needs. I know that God doesn't have to. But I want to ask you this evening, what about you? And what about me? What will we do? How will we respond? How will we act in accordance with what God has given us in his word? Number one, I want to ask you, will you tempt God? The children of Israel in verse number 18, the Bible says they tempted God in their heart by asking for meat for their lust. Verse number 41, the Bible says they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. 
God could have done so much more. God wanted to do so much more, but God's people limited him because they did not believe that God could. Verse number 56, yet they tempted and provoked the Most High God and kept not his testimonies. The Bible tells us in Exodus 17, 17, they tempted the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? Numbers 14, 22, the Bible says that they tempted God 10 times and did not hearken to his voice. How sad to think that the children of Israel, they were guilty 10 separate times of tempting or testing God or saying, God, we don't think you can. Now prove it to us. Deuteronomy 6, verse number 16, the Bible says, ye shall not tempt the Lord your God as ye tempted him in Massa. The, the, the name Massa literally means tempted. It was in that place in Exodus 17, 7, where they needed water and they didn't think that God could supply water and they doubted God and there was contention among the people and they were thirsty and they did not think that God could meet their needs. Can I tell you something? Tempting God is not your place. Tempting God is not my place. When Jesus was in the wilderness, the Bible tells us he was tempted of the devil. And the devil came and tempted him. And Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Can I tell you, God's not on trial, friend. God doesn't have to answer to you. God doesn't have to answer to me. God doesn't have to prove anything to any of us. God is God, period. End of discussion. God is good, whether you think so or not. God is holy, whether you agree or not. God is sovereign. God is on the throne. God is in control. And it doesn't matter what you think or what I think. God is God no matter what. He doesn't need your help. He doesn't need my assistance. God is the I am. He is the self-existent one. He is the Jehovah God. He always has been. He always will be. He is forever God. Job questioned God. And of course, Job was one who uh, went through so much. And Job asked God questions. And by the way, I think it's okay to ask God some questions, but I think you need to be satisfied when God does not give you an answer. I think you just need to learn to trust him and just to wait on him. But God asked Job a question. Through all that Job went through, his friends came and Job began to ask some questions and Job did a lot of, uh, of, of self-examination and God asked Job this. He said, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the world? Wow, what a question. What a, what a, what a thought. God said, Job, I was the one who created this universe and I didn't need your help. And you didn't see it, and you weren't around, and you weren't pitching in. And Job, I've got it all under control. Do not tempt him. The children of Israel tempted God. Number two, will you turn back from God? It says in verse number 41, yea, they turned back and tempted God. Verse number 57, but turned back and dealt deceitfully like their fathers, unfaithfully like their fathers. Verse number nine, they turned back in the day of battle. Now, how sad it is for people that know God and people that love God and people that are following God to come to a point in their lives where they make a 180 and they say, I'm not going to follow God anymore. I'm going to turn back. 
I, I, I think we get to that point when we forget what God has done for us. If you turn back from following God, I want to ask you, where are you going to go? Can I tell you, Hollywood doesn't have the answers. The, the sports industry doesn't have the answers. The news media doesn't have the answers. The technology industry doesn't have the answers. The medical field doesn't have the answers. The politicians don't have the answers. There's nowhere else that you can go. Where could I go but to the Lord? Peter was faced with a question. He was with Jesus and he saw the multitudes. They began to walk away. They began to forsake Jesus. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, will you also go away? And Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. He said, Lord, there's nobody else we can turn to. There's nowhere else that we can go. Lord, there's nobody else that can help us if we turn back from following you. There is no hope. And friend, I want to remind you, there is no hope apart from Jesus Christ. And there is no hope apart from Almighty God. Keep following him. Stay close to him. Don't turn back like the children of Israel did. Number three. Not only will you tempt him, will you turn back? Number three, will you thank him? The Bible tells us in verse number 42, they remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. You know why we don't thank? It's because we don't think. It's because we don't stop and remember all the things that God has done in our lives. You know, this would be a great time just to go back and just to look at a calendar and just think about the things God's done in your life in the last week and the last month and the last year and the last five and the last 10. Can I tell you, we have so much to thank him for. God has been so good. I started the service by saying, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. Thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Will you thank him? God's people did not thank him. The Bible says they murmured, they complained, they criticized, they were negative, they were always mad about something, they were always ill about something. And if you and I will stop and thank, that'll take care of all the criticism. That'll take care of all the complaining. It'll take care of all the griping. If we would just stop and say, thank you, Lord, for all you've done, will you thank him? Number four, will you trust him? The Bible says in verse number 22, the Bible says that they believed not in God. They did not trust God. They trusted not in his salvation. Verse 23, though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven. Now think about this. God had showed his mighty power. God had shown it in Egypt. He had shown it in the Red Sea. He had shown it in conquering Pharaoh and his army as they tried to pursue through the Red Sea. He had shown time and time and time again that he would take care of his people, but still they did not believe God. Still they did not trust God. Can I remind you this evening that you can trust God? You can depend upon God. You say, but you don't know what I'm going through. No, you're right, I don't. But you don't know what the children of Israel were going through either. You don't know how hopeless it seemed for them. They were in Egypt. They didn't have an army. 
They didn't have an escape plan. They didn't have uh, something that could get them through the Red Sea. They didn't have a bridge built. They didn't have a tunnel dug. But they had a God in heaven who could part the waters. And they had a God in heaven who could send manna down six days a week and enough on the sixth day for them to have food for the seventh day. They had a God who could open a rock and water would gush out in the middle of a desert. They had a God who could rain down quail from heaven so that there was enough meat for every single one of them, a million and a half plus Jews in the wilderness, and God fed them. I'll tell you, that's a lot of food. I know how much food it takes for a fellowship. Now, granted, we are Baptists and we do like to eat, but it takes a lot of food to feed a couple hundred Baptists. Can I tell you, a million and a half, and there was no grocery store. You say, yeah, by the way, the grocery stores, what are we going to do for food? They didn't have a grocery store to go to. They didn't have a place where they could go and get their food. They were in a desert, and all they had was God. But that's all they needed. God took care, and God met their needs. And friend, you can trust God, and I can trust him today. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. You can trust him. Lastly, will you turn to him? You can tempt him. You can turn back from him. You can thank him. You can trust him. Or you can turn to him. And I hope tonight, I hope you will turn to Jesus. Verse number 38, he is merciful. Verses 34 and 35, they sought him and they returned to him and they remembered what he had done. It seems like the nation of Israel just seems like they were so wishy-washy, so back and forth and kind of sounds like a lot of Christians in 2020, does it not? Boy, God does something and we're on the mountaintop and then something bad happens and we, we quit on God. Friend, I want to tell you, don't turn back from him. Turn to him. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Decide tonight, no matter what happens, I'm going to be faithful. Whatever happens, I want to be steady. I want to be consistent. I want to have a walk with God. You say, well, I'm really glad we've got a live stream because, you know, that way I get my, I get my fill. Well, I'm glad we have a live stream too. But if all, the only fill you get is Sundays and Wednesdays, you're going to starve to death. You're going to have to get in the Bible Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, and you're going to have to pray, and you're going to have to call out to God. God's not going to bring a nation back from people that sit on a pew once a week. God's going to bring a nation back when God's people fall on their faces and pray and seek God. Can I tell you, that's how we turn to God. We turn to God in prayer. I'm so thankful for the song that was sung before the message, No Need to Doubt Him Now. Can I tell you, God has been so good and God has been so faithful and he's done it before and he can do it again. You can trust him and you can turn to him. Maybe tonight you need to make that decision and say, I'm just going to make the choice tonight. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Though no one joined me, still I will follow. The world behind me, the cross before me, I will follow Jesus. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.